This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. And you may notice something different about my voice, and it is for sure my excited voice because we are back live in studio all hour long taking your calls at 844-942-7866. So happy to be back with Dion and Dana who make this show sound great but also make it so much fun. And of course, thrilled to be back taking calls from listeners all hour on any job search and career tips you are looking for. So get in queue 844-942-7866 because switchers are the future of work and the future of work is here. So we are very excited today to have two fantastic guests joining us to answer all of your questions and it is open calls all hour. So get on the phones at 844-942-7866 and we're going to kick off with Eric Furda first to speak about the if and how of college admissions. A lot of people are thinking about that right now and what should we do? What's going on with the pandemic? So he's going to answer those questions for you and then we'll be toggling in the second half to Beth Hendler-Grunt to speak about what if this is the year you're exiting college and you're thinking about how the heck am I going to get a job in 2021? Well, if you're interested in those topics, you are in the right place. And of course, we're taking all of your career questions all hour because we are back live on Dr. Dawn on Career. So let's dive right in with Eric Ferda. Eric is the former dean of admissions right here at the University of Pennsylvania, and he's recently made a career pivot himself to a senior associate director of college counseling at William Penn Charter school. He's co-host of The Process right here on SiriusXM Stars, and he recently released his first book, The College Conversation, a practical roadmap for parents to help them make their way through those initial conversations with their children to assess which schools are best suited for their interests and their, their career ideals and application process and all of the other things that are somewhat complex as we are navigating our next step as young adults. So first off, Eric, welcome. It's great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, Dawn. It's great to be here. And I can only imagine what it's like being back in studio. Oh, I know you're jealous. I know you're jealous. Oh, my gosh. I would love to be there. (laughs) love to be there with you. We would love to have you here, and we will. We will once uh, once things get a little bit safer. But but congratulations on your book. Congratulations on your new job. This has been quite a year for you personally, making a lot of moves and accomplishing a lot of things. Of course, it's been quite the year for for everybody. So I want to talk about this. but, But specifically, in your role, Eric, you are someone who is getting lots of questions from parents, maybe from students, about what should we be doing? Should we be thinking about college this year? Should we be thinking about a gap year? What are the key concerns parents are coming to you with? Well, you, you really paraphrased it perfectly. You know, and I think a lot of this, Dawn, depends on where the, ch- the child is and where the family is. I mean, here at Penn Charter, we're working with ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, and the seniors who are, you know, still waiting on some decisions and and really thinking about where they'll be next year. So, so much of this is, is really where is that student right now? And for the listeners, I'd like them to think about, you know, if your child just started high school and had the second part of their eighth grade get abrupt, you know, with, with COVID, what does that look like for them making some choices early on? And I think really the key takeaway here is, you know, students still need to be in the moment. I know it's easier said than done. Focus on some of the real basic building blocks like their academic and intellectual interests. 
and then engage in those things that, that you care about, even though that may look differently right now, still engage in those, those pieces. For my daughter, as an example, who's young, she's in fourth grade, it's Zoom gymnastics instead of being in the gym. But she still gets joy from it. She still gets exercise. So you have to think about how to engage in those things that you still care about. So I'm, I'm curious, Eric, what, what your daughter's using as uneven bars in your home. But maybe we'll, we'll have to have that conversation. <laughs> exactly. We'll have to have that conversation offline. But, uh, hey, do you have a, a high school student who's thinking about next steps, wondering if this is a year for college or maybe they should work, take a gap year, travel? You have caught us at the right time. This is Dr. Dr. Dawn on careers, and we're here with Eric Furda, who's the former dean of admissions at the University of Pennsylvania, and also the host of uh, Sirius eh, the Process on Sirius XM Stars, and the new author of a book called The College Conversation. And we're answering all of your questions live at eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So, as as st- what are students worrying about? I, I love that. First off, we're talking about careers earlier in the process. That it's not just something thing that we we get to school. I remember that my first term and they're like, what do you want to major in? I'm like, what's a major? So I love that we're talking about this earlier. What are those conversations that parents are having with their high school students right now? Well, I, I think you really, you know, have the frame that families are asking because more, you know, we always want to feel particularly in academia and being on a college campus or a secondary school campus about value of learning and the intrinsic value of learning. And, and that is there and that's important and very important while, you know, there's a practicality here and families are really thinking about, you know, what is that return on investment? What's the value proposition? And maybe that's being reframed to think about, as you've mentioned, a gap year or maybe, you know, not diving right into a four-year college or university. So I do think a lot of those conversations are coming into clearer focus right now, while, again, wanting to think about what the lifelong opportunities are of another degree. Now, that could be a trade. That could be going to community college. That could be going to a four-year college. But families really are thinking about, well, what's the return and what's the step after I get that that certification, that degree? Let me ask you a question, Eric, because I, I know this comes up a lot with careers when people are at a crossroads. Should I do this or should I do this? Or I have two offers. Should I take this or should I take that? Um, is there a wrong answer? Uh, is there is there something that, hey, if you do if you make the wrong choice, everything's screwed up from here? Well, it's it's interesting, right? I think so often we try to speak to students at any age talking about the process of, of research and that everything does, isn't right the first time and, you know, what's the ideal or perfection and what it takes to get there if it's even achievable. So I do think the sense that, gee, I, if, if I make this choice, then that's the end of, you know, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be stuck. And that really isn't, as you outlined in Switcher's, kind of the the mentality of a switcher you know there has to be some resilience here and being able to work with you know vague you know some some vague concepts so i think an important lesson is yeah you're going to choose a path and it may not be the one but you're going to learn something else about yourself and one example of this in the college search is after a student and a family may you know virtually or otherwise visit a campus and invest time in that and say, you know, gee, this isn't the place I want to be, and I feel like, oh, I just wasted time. No, by crossing something off your list, you made a decision. So you didn't waste your time. I think that is so important. Going in with that mindset of clarity comes through action, which you're right, I talk about a lot in the book, is because you can't make these decisions without the the additional information, which means you're going to have to invest time. And I think when you take that I could make the wrong choice off the table and realize that I I might go down a path and then change my mind and I can always change my mind. All of a sudden, that pressure lifts a little bit because you think, oh, my gosh, I don't have to make the absolute 100 percent right answer. And not only that, but there's probably not just one right answer. There's probably a handful of answers that would lead you down a path to get you where you want to go. So I think that is such an important part of this and your book, which I want to talk about. Hey, you're just tuning in. You are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Sirius XM, Channel 132. And we are so excited to be back live in the studio. So if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you can call us 
right this second at 844-942-7866. We are here with Eric Ferda, who is the author of the brand new book, The College Conversation. And I want to talk about that, Eric, because this isn't just another how to apply to college book. This is really a book about that conversation or a set of conversations that are so pivotal during this decision-making process. So can you share a little bit more about what is in that book and how it can be useful to parents and their children? Well, thank you. And, you know, I have to add that I learned so much from you being on the show, you know, when we were both on campus, on Penn's campus, and, and reading your book and thinking about, you know, other ways that I can think about the experiences that I've had, you know, in higher education. And so reached out to Jacques Steinberg, who many of the listeners may be familiar with his name, because he wrote the book called The Gatekeepers, which is like one of the, the book of college admissions that is on most readers' lists for college admissions. And so he and I partnered up to write the college conversation. And the takeaway here for us was that we wanted to, one, break down the college process into five different processes because it just made it more manageable. But then also that it was a way to really help parents have conversations with their their young adults, right? (laughs) And when you really think about the difficulty of the topic and then also what it's like to try to engage a teenager in a conversation, we really try to break down with just about a dozen activities of how they could approach different conversations. One of them is the, the cost conversation, right? It's like, what are we going to invest in this education? Uh, we start with an index card about, with one of our first activities, you know, what anxiety or what concerns do you have? And let's put them out on the table. Quite often, will I be admitted and can we afford it? And then any other aspects, distance from home, uh, you know, I want to major in this, mom. <laughs> what do you want me to major in? So just to be able to have those conversations early on. And they're hard conversations. I'm thinking back to, to my uh, high school experience. I'll, I'll, you know, True confessions. Dion loves when I do this. I <laughs> I was not going to college because, of course, I was going to be in a successful band. See, Dion, you did not know that about me. Um, oh, we, we've got to explore that. <laughs> <laughs> we could have been in a band together. Um but, of course, then I started dating someone, and he decided to go to college, so there I went to college. So that was my decision-making process. It was not as in-depth as your book would, would help people to discover, but I think it's so much more complicated now because there's so many options. They've gotten so much more expensive, and you know we're hearing—I I, want to throw this out because I've been reading a lot about this, Eric, that— um, you know, Brian Bastide, who or, excuse me, Brandon Bastide, who talks a lot about this topic of, of careers and education and how things are changing, talks about the fact that, you know, rising tuition costs have been a growing hurdle to enrollment. But right up there with that is that Americans have lost confidence in the work readiness that college graduates have when they get out. So what he's saying is that career services are going to become one of the biggest factors in evaluating a school, which makes me feel great because that's the the department that I'm in. But, um, you know, this conflicting data of university provosts feeling very confident about their institutions adequately preparing graduates when only 11 percent of business executives feel the same. Um, what what are you seeing around that? What are what are parents and students evaluating as it comes to the return on investment in the current situation now that we're in a pandemic, there's a lot more remote learning and a lot of those extracurricular activities are, are off the table. What are they looking at, Eric? Well, absolutely. You have done the affordability aspect. You have, well, what is the actual experience? And so much of what has been represented as transformative is the residential college experience. So what does that look like right now? And then also, you know, what does the future look like, which none of us really know, but we want to be as prepared as possible for it. So Ron Lieber has a book out as well uh, about the price that you'll pay for college. And he really talks about career services front and center. We do as well in the college conversation about career services and what we call conclusions or outcomes as one of our framework C's, culture, curriculum, et cetera. But conclusions is one of them. And with those conclusions, it's 
what are the opportunities when I graduate? Here's another important one, Don, is who's actually graduating? You know, what are retention rates? What are the graduation rates after four or five years? And what does that look like from the investment standpoint? We also discuss kind of the non-college movement or the uncollege movement. And again, just really thinking about maybe there's another way that, because this is what it boils down to, learning and credentialing learning and credentialing. What is it that I want to learn? What's the knowledge that I'm looking for? And how can that be kind of certified in the outside world that I have that knowledge? And certainly because of the pandemic, because of technology, because so many different ways that you can access information, I think this is all getting turned upside down. And those families are leading with those conversations. Yeah, and they're important ones. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Dr. Don on Careers. Guess what? We are back live. And I could not be happier because that means we are taking your calls all hour long at 844-942-7866. And guess what? If you've missed a show, no worries because I podcast them on iTunes. If you just follow Dr. Don on Careers, you'll get those. And guess what? I'm also on YouTube. This is crazy because I got off Facebook and Instagram just to get on YouTube doing video shorts that offer two to three minutes of practical job search tips so you can get your fix if you can't tune in on Thursdays. But if you are here and it's Thursday noon Eastern, we want to hear from you at 844-942-7866. We're here with Eric Furta, who has just published the book, The College Conversation, and it is a fantastic how-to to have those conversations with your perhaps soon to be uh, college students so that you can make good choices and decisions together. 844-942-7866. So, so Eric, um, one of the things that you point out in the book that I think is important is that sometimes students and parents are so concerned of, am I going to get into school? Am I, can I do everything that I, that I need to do, get accepted, that they don't actually do their due diligence to say, hey, I need to evaluate this school just as much as they're evaluating me. So what are some of the things that maybe parents or students miss in that evaluation process that turn out to be really important later? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges and mistakes that that we see take place on both the college admission side and now recently as a college counselor is that families, along with your book, you know, and switchers, you know, you have a rubric within it, whether it's a degree of difficulty in changing, you know, an industry or function within an industry. So you could size things up, right? You can make, you can collect information and do your research. So one of the challenges is, okay, I just was on five virtual tours or I was able to walk through some campuses, but how are you comparing them? And that's where we put out the framework of the five C's, which is culture, curriculum, community, cost, and conclusions. Now, families can you know, have their own words or framing for this, Dawn, but as they're diving into research, it's how are you going to them? Make some notes. How are you going to size up these different institutions? How are you going to make a comparison so that later on you're able to really think about, well, what school should be on my list when I'm admitted to a few of them? Which one should I <laughs> say yes to? And just really following through with, I would just say, kind of a, you know, a methodology to think about how you're looking at schools. And as you said, institutions have a methodology of how they look at students. So you're just turning the table there and you're becoming the consumer. What if... um parents or students can't visit a campus because of the pandemic, Eric. I don't know if that's happening or maybe that's opening up a little bit, but I I suspect I remember when our campus was open and we would have tours and there'd always be groups of students walking around and and meeting people and seeing the campus, which I really feel is an important part of the process. How how is that being assessed now? Because that that can be difficult right now with, with the conditions we're all living within. Well, you know, you're making me nostalgic. I remember being in the booth with you, and we'd have the tours literally right in front of mm-hmm. us, and all standing in the window of Sirius XM. Oh, <laughs> and so, so last year, yes. So, you know, here's a couple different pieces that, you know, make sense, and some of them are counterintuitive. One is for families, a barrier to actually visit a place has been removed, and that is basically travel and money to be able to travel and stay in hotels. And so colleges have really 
I would say, expanded their offerings for virtual tours, information sessions, individual program sessions, maybe from an academic department or a particular you know, a niche program within a school. And so without some of those barriers, you can probably interact more widely with some programs and even student groups than colleges even imagined before, because maybe we were kind of just following the same script of information session and tour. So that's the upside. And we see first-generation families. We see you know, geographically, nationally, and internationally families being able to, quote, unquote, visit virtually. Here's one other piece I'll leave, is some colleges are really, they've been thinking about this more creatively, and some colleges, Marist College pops to mind, Bucknell University you know, comes to mind, that have kind of drive-through tours as well. You know, you may not get, you're not getting into the building, but you can experience maybe a town and parts of campus that a vehicle can go through. And so colleges are really trying to open up as quickly as they can and as safely as they can while being nimble with their offerings. Yeah, I think this is actually a great thing because the expense of traveling to colleges, taking time off, taking, um, you know, maybe entire weekends to do this has probably been prohibitive for a number of people. So these new opportunities will be a great addition and I'm assuming are here to stay so that a lot of good things coming out of the pandemic that I think we have to focus on as well. Hey, you're listening to Sirius XM Channel 132. We are doing open calls all hour long, and we're very lucky to be here with Eric Furta, who just published the book, The College Conversation, which you should definitely check out if you're a parent of a a soon-to-be maybe college student or somebody who's in the midst of deciding what their next steps are. You want to read this book, and you can actually call us right now to speak to Eric, 844-942-7866, because we are talking all about how to make these decisions, and we want to be here to help you with that. So one of the things that's that uh, comes up, I think, Eric, is that the things are different now than when, say, um, you know, maybe, maybe students' parents went to school, and there were certainly things that... that were less complicated than they are now. But now, as you mentioned, you can certainly go for a certificate. You can go get an education in the trades. You can go right into the workforce and make pretty good money if you're tech savvy. So we have all of these options. And we know that during the course of a career, we're going to be going back to school in some form or fashion and reskilling, upskilling throughout our lives. So does it make as much sense as it used to to pile all of that education into the, you know, those first four years or spread it out? These are questions that I think people are asking. And I'm assuming that as parents are, are considering the options for their kids, they may not be thinking about all these things because they weren't maybe available when they were making this decision. So how how do you navigate those conversations when maybe you're being pressured into doing something, but there are other options that are less traditional, but maybe equally as um, you know interesting to you as a high school student? Well, I think so much of this is you know, being... You know, having that growth mindset, being open-minded about what education looks like. And, you know, I'm at a college preparatory school as a college counselor, and there is kind of the sense that the next step is college for, you know, the vast majority, if not 100% of our of our students graduating from Penn Charter. While, you know, maybe a gap year makes sense, not starting in right away because of growth, maturity, and maybe some perspective. I think more broadly, you know, as we were talking about return on investment is, you know, how much debt will I take on for a degree? And making sure that you're not going to, you know, close doors later on for learning because you put so much debt in front of you very early on. But I think the main concept here is, and if we can embrace this, it's what does you know, being a lifelong learner look like? There is a credentialing, there is that first job, what's that path for me? And it is personal in so many ways, while not even an advanced degree, but being able to continue reading in your field, you know, continuing some other, you know, Coursera at, at the University of Pennsylvania, you know, what are those opportunities to learn 
for learning's sake, while also then, and you're great about this again in switchers, is you know, kind of branding yourself to say, I know how to do this. Here are experiences that I've had, both through professional experience and applied experiences, but also through my own research and, and self-study. So there are ways of showing this because I think more industries are open to this mode of thinking now. And it'll be interesting to see, Don, those careers that just aren't around if the only path is four years of college, an advanced degree, and those are the, you know, th- those are the gates that you need to go through in order to become, you know, whatever it may be in whatever field it may be and what certification and knowledge looks like within those fields. Yeah, it's a lot to navigate. Hey, if you're just tuning in, 844-942-7866, we are back live and we could not be happier about that. We're here with Eric Ferda, who has just published The College Conversation, which is a book that is a must-have if you are a parent of a high school student thinking about next steps and um, want to be able to have a structured and complete conversation about all the things that are important right now. And things have gotten very complex. So if you're worried about those next steps, give us a call at 844-942-7866. And actually, um, Dana, I think we have a mailbag related just to uh, Eric's expertise. Sound effects. Love it. (laughs) Yes, we do. We have an email from Bill in Georgia. He wrote in, Hi, Dr. Dawn. This isn't for me, but rather my 21-year-old son. He was attending a local college for two years studying business but decided to take a year off to work once the pandemic hit and classes went online. He's been working with a contractor, making pretty decent money, and now is wavering about returning to school this coming fall. I didn't have the chance to go to college, so I want this for my son and just think it's more important now than it was in my day. What advice do you have? Ooh, so yeah, this is exactly what we were just talking about, Eric. Thank you so much, Dana. Um, So... Dad didn't go to college. Son went for two years. Now he's making good money because he stopped going because of the pandemic. Maybe he doesn't want to go back because he's he's enjoying his new lifestyle with having money and and free time. What do you, what are your thoughts on this? What let's actually take um a, a page from the college conversation. How would you have this dad approach this conversation based on what you talk about in your book, Eric? It's, it's a fantastic question. And when you really think about this, you know, here's a skill, a skill trade being a contractor. And business is booming right now in, in, in those areas where construction was allowed to you know, reopen. Here's the piece of advice I would have is, you know, have conversations with other individuals who have started family businesses as, as a contractor. And, you know, what's the sustainability of that because this young man, 21 years old, is not going to always be able to do the things that he's doing currently, you know, physically in, in a lot of ways. So what's the sustainability of a business? And many of these are family-owned businesses. So he could look at some real niche departments and programs about, you know, the business of a small business, you know, the business of running a, a certain type of firm and what skill sets does he need he's a manager there's finance there's accounting and so there's risk management and do you need a degree from a four-year institution for that i would say no you don't uh, while also there's still knowledge that needs to be learned and there's an opportunity through a community college and we talk a lot about community colleges in the college conversation and perhaps even online research as well. And it could be a completely online school. Uh, But it's how do you become the contractor and the physical labor part to actually running the business? Awesome. Yeah, that is such a it's it's such a great answer. And I think this is exactly what your book helps people do is see not the either or, but the and. And that's how I see your answer, Eric, is that it's it's really about, um, well, let's look at beyond the yes or no. And let's look at that gray area. And maybe you can do both. Maybe you can get the business education and start your own contracting business down the road. Maybe you can do it over time. So there's always this and. And I like that um, aspect of your book is that it really helps people have these conversations that think beyond the um, the next steps. So let me I have any, I can't believe I haven't done this. Let me um, ask you where can people get the college conversation? Absolutely. If you would like to put in the college conversation and my name Ferda 
and Viking Penguin uh, are great, you know, editors and, and, and publishers. You'll, you'll get to our landing page and be able to order the book. Another thing is the audiobook was a lot of fun to do, too. <laughs> Did you read it? Did you get to read it? it yes. Oh. I, I read half of the book, and Jacques Steinberg read the other half, and that was a lot of fun. I love that. I wish I had gotten to read mine. Um, I just I, Sometimes you, you hear somebody else reading it. You're like, no, that's not how I would say it. <laughs> so that's awesome. Eric, it has been fantastic having you on. I can't wait to have you back in studio when things are a little bit safer. Congratulations on your new job, on your new book, The College Conversation. I think this is something that a lot of parents are, are have been waiting for. And so I wish you all the best with that. It's been so great to speak with you. Thank you, Don, Dana, and Dion. Yes, we will definitely see you soon, Eric. And hey, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Sirius XM Channel 132. This is Dr. Don on Careers, and you know what that means, that it is time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Yes, there is always a quiz when we're live. And because it is February, I've decided to pick a Halloween quiz, because why wouldn't I? All right, so here we go. This is a Halloween quiz, Dion. That's my hint. Wait, wait, what? I said, I, I, I said, because it's February. I was on the phone with Eric. Okay. I know, I know. <laughs> so that's why I'm reminding you. I saw that. This is a Halloween quiz in February, because that's the way I want it. All right, what does the Wilhelm refer to as it relates to horror movies and action thrillers. What does the Wilhelm refer to as it relates to horror movies and action thrillers? If you think you know, 844-942-7866 and do stay tuned because we are so excited to be coming up with Beth Hendel Grunt in part two of our SiriusXM live show at 844-942-7866. So get on those phones. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 132. We are back live in the studio all hour long. So if it's Thursday noon Eastern, you can call us right now at 844-942-7866. And if you missed the first half, you missed a great discussion with Eric Ferda, who's the author of The College Conversations. You definitely want to check that out, which you can do on iTunes because I podcast Dr. Dawn on Careers every week. But if you also missed the first half, you missed the pre-break quiz, which you definitely don't want to do because it's February. It is Halloween-based, and that's the way we roll here. I like how you say it like that's normal. (laughs) It's normal for me. Uh, What does the Wilhelm refer to as it relates to horror movies and action thrillers? Let me tell you, I went down a rabbit hole with this one and laughed a lot. So you're going to want to you're going to want to hear the answer to this. But if you know it or you want to guess 844-942-7866. But let's continue with our open calls with Beth Hendler-Grant, who has been on this show and is fabulous. Beth is the founder and president of Next Great Step, whose sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to achieve career success. And Beth has helped hundreds of college students and grads launch their careers with over 90% landing in their target companies like Amazon, JP Morgan, MLB, just to name a few. Next Great Step has been featured in many, many media outlets, including the Wall Street Journal, New York time cnbc and we are so excited to have you back with us beth welcome thank you so excited to be with you today well i'm glad you're here because we just have the calls are rolling in so we're going to just dive in and go straight to calls beth we're going to go to preston in colorado welcome to dr don on careers what's on your mind hey hey beth hey i uh man you know where do i begin so i'm a i just graduated college uh back uh, back in december it was a communications degree and a minor in political science, and and my emphasis for my communications degree was uh, was under uh, broadcasting. And, and the pickle that I'm in is that I've now found out that I don't really want to go into broadcasting or, or radio per se. I just it's just too political. It's just it's just not where I want to be. And 
and and the pickle I'm in now is is what do I do? You know, where where do I go now that I've take I've done this degree, I've 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 gotten I've gotten this education, I've paid for it all. What do I do now that it's that I don't want to do it? I don't want to use it now. Oh my gosh! You know, where do I go? Yeah, I love that you said pickled twice. First off, and and Dion wants to know why. I, I, I've got a bone to pick with D- Preston. D- what's what's wrong with broadcasting? <laughs> hey, no, no. I, I believe you and me. If if, if I had the uh, if I had the tools to do it, I think I would I would be great at it. And I would love to do it, but. The problem is, you know, I'm in Colorado, so we don't, I don't have, you know, all of, I'm not in L.A. or like New York, so it's a lot different here, in, you know, in, in the state. But it's so it's so political. I feel like you just have to, like, know the right people in order to, to, to progress any further. You know, I work yeah. at a few stations, local stations here, and it's just it's just not it's not what's all cracked up to be you know what i'm saying yeah and um and i think a lot of jobs are political a lot of bits about who you know but i think the good news preston is that you a lot of people don't go into the field that they studied and that there's a lot of options for you and i'm going to turn it over to our expert beth because i know she works with exactly this question all day long and has some great advice for you preston so beth take it away Absolutely. Thanks, Preston. So the first thing is just know that you are not alone. This is very common of a lot of young people coming into a major and they realize when they come towards the end of it that maybe it just wasn't for them. And 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 that happens. That's okay. What I want you to think about are what are the skills that you have? What have you learned over time? Is it that you're a great writer? Are you great at communication? What is it that you've learned through your college experience, through your courses, whether it's a part-time work, internships, volunteering, and think about those skills because understanding your own skills and what you have enables you to realize, hey, I could bring this type of skill to an employer in another field. Or maybe there's a, an area that's been of interest to you where you can then say, maybe I can bring this to Um, whether it's doing research or whether it's working for a streaming organization. Maybe you're not creating the content or broadcasting it. Maybe you're doing something else for them. But I think first take that inventory to take a minute because everyone gets really overwhelmed when they realize I'm not sure I I don't know what to do with my life. But understanding what you have to offer and what you can offer an organization is a really good starting point and then think about the types of companies and businesses, and I can talk about who's hiring now, that might be able to use your talents. Yeah, Preston, I, I agree with Beth. I think you probably have a lot of skills. I mean, you just have a lot of energy coming over the air on the radio, first off, which is which can be hard to do. You strike me as somebody who likes being in a dynamic organization. You like um, being in cooperative teams and, and, and producing things. But I'm going to ask you a question. If, if I had, if you had, if I told you I'm going to pay you for a year and I'm just going to ask you, what problem do you want to solve in the market right now? What, what would that be? Man, I I think that there's an absolute massive problem with companies not being able to like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. That's the problem I want to fix. Like, that's like that's what I would love to be able to solve in in companies. You know, like to try to tie to try to tie messages together and try to like create like a create like unity in a company. That's what I want to do. You know, be able to talk to like to actually make a company communicate properly that's what i want to do oh, oh man you, know? you need to you need to uh, yeah a lot of companies are saying what is preston's number because we need to we need we need this guy um so based on that beth um and the companies you know are hiring uh let's 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 give a next great step to preston sure so what i would say is let's talk about the types of companies hiring right now because our job market is different and it's changing So you want to look at companies that might be in technology, streaming, in supply chain, logistics. I mean, think about the market that we're in of how people are consuming and and what we're buying. And then you might want to go to an organization that is in one of those sectors that are hiring right now and talk to them about how can I help you 
improve your, you know, whether it's in the HR department of like, how can I help improve the culture? Or maybe we need to manage better, improve your processes or how people communicate or whether it's diversity or, you know, all of those aspects are so critical, as Dawn just said, and it's such hot buttons for a lot of organizations. So looking for those type of companies and then looking for roles that kind of, as she says, solve that problem. And I think you'll start to start to see alignment of people that you want to connect with. And one other way also is make use of the alumni from your school. They're so friendly and love to talk to you know, students and recent grads, and that's a great way to make an inroad to look at someone else who might be an organization doing something that you might want to do, and they can talk to you about it, and it's a great way to network. It's true. I went to, I got my doctor in Colorado and I think everybody there has been awesome and very friendly. So I agree. Definitely check into your, your network, Preston, but I'm going to, I, I, think there's so much opportunity right now too in this area of a lot of people working remotely and there's no really process for this massive group of people working remotely and how to communicate and keep people informed and like you said left hand know what the right hand's doing so if that's an area to you I I would imagine that companies would scoop you up for that I also hear elements of organizational development in there around um, or uh, change management because a lot of companies have a lot of great ideas and the ideas fail because they don't do a good job at rolling them out and communicating and getting buy-in along the way. Project management is another great field because you have to be able to speak the language of the tech people, speak the language of the finance people, speak the language of the vendors and, and make all of that come together into a single vision. So I can completely see you doing that and you have the energy and you have have the, I mean, the likability to do that, which I, I feel like there's so many options available to you that I, I just like, now I'm overwhelmed because there's too many options for you, Preston. That's what I'm well, feeling. You know, it's funny. You, it's kind of funny you say that because, you know, when I was in, when I was going to college, like I was, I had this communication degree with an emphasis in broadcasting, but about like three quarters of the way through, I've wanted, I wanted to change it to uh, organizational communication. But the problem that I, I was running into is it was like what like there's no there's no occupation titled uh, organizational uh, communicational specialist like there, you know what I'm saying like they're like what like what job is that yeah what, for, like, forget about titles do? forget about there is a job um, communications. Uh, specialist or manager they are real jobs in companies companies want people to come in and some of them are external facing like they work with PR and marketing and media others are internal facing and they make sure that the internal messages that are coming down from the executives are understandable get to the right people keep people informed of policy changes and so they need people who are skilled at connecting with others through writing or through sometimes it's video now more than ever, it's, it's, there's a lot of technology involved in that. I mean, things around conferences I could see you getting into. So I would say forget titles. And I will tell everybody this, all my listeners, forget titles because titles will trip you up. When you really get tied into a title to try and figure out what you want to do, then you start getting tied to levels and salary and getting all mixed up and things that really don't matter. But these jobs exist. These problems exist, which means they need someone to fix them. It might be called something different in every company you look at. One company may call it PR. Another company may call it communications manager. Another company may call it organizational development or change management. But they all have elements of this. And I suspect that when you start digging in and kind of let go of the title piece, Preston, you're going to see like, wow, there is so much to fix out there and I cannot wait to get started. So um, Beth, final words, final words for Preston. Oh, I mean, it's just since the conversation, you absolutely have some talents and skills, and I think you just need to act on them, talk to people, learn about exactly what Dawn said, learn about organizations, and it could be HR. I'm thinking organizational behavior. I'm thinking psychology. I mean, I, I'm also brainstorming for you. There's opportunities, especially if you're a good communicator, which it sounds like you are, so absolutely start to target companies that you know are in the growing sectors that could use this type of support and get clear on what your skills are so you know how to talk about yourself in a really clear and concise way. 
Yeah, informational meetings are going to be your best friend. Reach out to people who are in the fields that that have these types of skills. Ask them what what they like, what they don't like, what surprised them, what skills help them get to where they want to be. Because you're going to learn that, like I said, you're going to be calling me back in about two months and say, Dawn, I have way too many options and I can't decide what I want to do because I'm just excited about all of them. So, so Preston, what's your first step? What are you going to do when you you hang up the phone? Uh, I'm going to go, like, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to go okay. straight to my computer, my laptop, and I think I'm going to basically um, start writing down what I think. I'm going to open up a Word document and write down basically what I think I'm good at and just narrow those down to what I'm best at and start yes. from there. What problem do you want to solve in the market and what is your superpower? And then you start tying those together with your informational interviews to start seeing where you can plug them in. Don't worry about titles right right this second because the titles you'll notice are are varying. But that is a that is a perfect next step. And I very, very, very much suggest you follow Beth Hendler Grunt on social media because she is talking about stuff like this all the time. She's doing webinars, she's putting out great articles. And I have no doubt that um, that you are going to land in a great place. Preston, thank you so much for calling us. Keep us posted. We want to hear how it goes. Um, I think you've got a great future ahead of you. And I'm so excited you called us today on our first live show of 2021. 844-942-7866. You can call us all hour. Take your calls right now. We're here with Beth Hundler-Grunt. And she is the founder and president of Next Great Step, which is a coaching practice that helps new grads get the jobs that they want in the market. And I'm so excited because because Beth and I are going to be doing a clubhouse uh, group on Tuesday at 4 p.m. We're going to test this out, right, Beth? We have no idea what we're doing. Absolutely. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. So if you're on clubhouse or you're not on clubhouse, try to join and we'll, we'll get you in and uh, join our session at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday and we're going to talk about what it takes to get hired in 2021. So excited to do a clubhouse event with you. Yes. Um, and be patient. We're we're just trying this out. But like we always <laughs> encourage all of our listeners to do, you got to take risks. You got to try new things. 844-942-7866. And do we have Danielle in New Jersey with us? Danielle, welcome to the show. What's your question? Thank you so much. I'm such a big fan. A friend introduced me to Best Company, and I think it's genius. Ah, I fantastic. have a daughter who is a I have a daughter who's a junior in college, and my question is internships, because this is the year that they're really pushing them. Should internships at this point be about experience, about her gaining experience, or should it be more about her making a connection with the hopes of future hiring? Go for it, Beth. I mean, you want, of course, uh, all of the above, but I think... There is a lot of pressure about internships, and especially with what happened now with COVID and even last summer, internships are not what they were. There's a lot that's remote, and I think what people need to understand is it's just about, most importantly, can a student get an experience where they are gaining a skill or learning something new that can really help them figure out, one, do I really like this? Do I enjoy this? Do I think I want to do this as I move forward? Or two, maybe I don't like it, which is just as good because you're learning information and learning feedback about yourself. It's better to take a risk and try something out while you're in college than going for it for a full-time job and then realizing you're not really so crazy about it. And I think also the important piece about an internship is not only learning as much as you can, but is also building relationships and networking with the people that you're there. Because of our environment that has changed so much, I don't think it's as easy to have a guaranteed offer when you graduate. In certain fields, finance, consulting, they do try to work that more. But I think in our changing landscape, I think the goal would be, can I have a really strong experience? Of course you wanna get that full-time job, but they also have to work at it. You can't just go to an internship and think, well, I'm just here and I'm, they'll just hire me. Students really need to show the effort, need to network with inside the organization to make people aware of what they're doing and what they've accomplished during their time and then stay in touch. And they have to continue to work at it to potentially have that intern uh, company be an option for them when they graduate. 
So, Beth, what happens if um, somebody's at this point and they've not had an opportunity to do an internship, whether it was pandemic related or just, you know, series of unfortunate events? I get this question all the time. I have a parent just yesterday said, my child is not able to have an internship. So because of that, I'm sure they won't get a job. That is not true. That is not true. Many, many have not had internships. So you're all kind of in the same boat. What I always tell young adults to focus on is what have you done in the classroom? I mean, by the minute you're in college, that's your sole focus is to go to class and learn. But what have you learned in the classroom? What have you learned from a group project? Maybe you volunteered, maybe you worked part-time. An internship does not have to be the end-all be-all to getting yourself into a job. It's your ability to talk about skills that you've learned through multiple experiences. And I know a lot of juniors and seniors are stressed about the challenge with internships during COVID, but just focus in on what have you been able to do? What have you accomplished? And by the way, if you were able to work part-time or you had to manage a really busy you know, pizzeria or you had to manage the logistics of who was coming and going to send people out for delivery, I mean, there's skills in all these different types of roles. Even if they don't seem very fancy or elaborate, there's always something that, that you're learning. And I think focus on what you're doing. There's also opportunities for micro internships. There's a company, Parker Dewey, which specifically looks for college age kids to do a one week or two week experience and companies are looking for that as well. So I think looking beyond the traditional eight to 10 week internships, there's lots of opportunities to do that and also look within what you've learned in in the class. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Beth Danielle. Thank you so much for giving us a call. I completely agree with you. Beth is awesome, and everybody should be following <laughs> Beth on Dogram. Beth, where can people follow you? Absolutely. People can follow uh, me on every social media, so connect with me on LinkedIn directly. But you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, on Clubhouse, on Twitter, but also go to our website, Next Great step.com and at the top you can get a free download of how to ace the virtual interview which is happening for everyone right now all interviews are pretty much virtual so if you want to know how to prepare you can click on the link and we'll give you a free tip sheet on how to do that thank you so much beth hey if you're just tuning in you missed it but you can get it on itunes dr dawn on careers we kicked off with eric furda who is the author of the college conversation talking about how to help your high school student make decisions about their future steps. And then, of course, we had Beth Hundler-Grunt talking about how to make your steps outside of college, how to get that job, how to prepare, how to do internships. So you definitely want to be following Beth. And we'll be doing a clubhouse at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday the 16th. So you can ask us more questions there as well. Of course, we're not going to be able to answer our Halloween pre-break quiz this week, but that just puts some fun tension on Dion for it next time. We are back live all hour Thursdays at noon, so be sure to tune in next week and call us at 844-942-7866 on SiriusXM channel 132. We're so excited to be back with you. Thank you to our guests, of course, Dion and Dana, who make this show fun, and all of our listeners. We are so excited to be back with you live in the studio on Dr. Dawn on Careers. We'll see you next time. Insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.